my beautiful audience, and welcome back to another episode of Past the Time Podcast. Now, this episode for this week is going to seem a little bit familiar, because we're going to be doing something we've done quite a few times now. This is actually, uh, I think, the third time we're doing this. So, I just have one question for you guys. Can you guys survive the zombie apocalypse? Well, we're about to find out, because I'm going to be reading again from Max Brallier's book, Can You Survive the Zombie Apocalypse? Now, if you're a new listener, you're probably going to want to go back and listen to the Can You Survive the Zombie Apocalypse previous episodes, or I think I titled them Zombie Adventure Podcasts, because there's two previous scenarios that pretty damn good, and they give a little bit of backstory. I'll, of course, uh, give you guys a bit more backstory before we go into scenario three, in case you are a new listener, or if you just need a little refresher of what brought us to our first decision, because I don't want to read the entire beginning over again. But we'll get to that later. Before we get into all of that stuff, we have quite a bit to talk about. Uh, And I'll probably start, yeah, I'll start with, uh, as you guys know, I always go thrifting. I'm quite the thrifty shopper. And at the thrift store this week, I found quite a few books that I was very excited for. I found (laughs) Let Me In by John Lundquist, uh, it's actually uh, Let the Right One In is the original title of the book, and then they adapted it in film and called or retitled it Let Me In, I guess because someone wanted to change the name. They wanted to have some power over uh, having some input on the movie. I don't know. Stupid. I think uh, they could have just left it with a Let the Right One In, but whatever. Also got Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. Haven't read this one. It's been recommended to me by a friend. Uh, I got Tommyknockers by Stephen King which I've been told one of the best Stephen King books. I'm actually uh, two-thirds of the way through it on audiobook, but I'm going to finish the rest by just reading it, because, yeah, I'm a boss like that, and I'm going to dabble in both worlds, both audio and printed text. But I also found um, I found a one Goosebump to add to the collection. It's uh, My collection is growing quite a bit. It was More Tales to Give You Goosebumps. If you guys haven't read any of the More Tales to Give You Goosebumps, it's just 10 short stories into a Goosebumps book. So a lot of uh, the episodes you see on TV were taken from the short stories rather than from the standalone books. So those are always interesting and they're always hard to find. So I'm always super excited when I can find those. And Then the books that I got that weren't horror-related, I got uh, the sequel to A Space Odyssey by Arthur C. Clarke, so I can't wait to start reading that series. I just have to get the third one, and then I think I'll dabble in there. I'll go through them all. And I also got, um, oh, I got Super Freakonomics, which follow-up to Freakonomics by Stephen Dubner. If uh, you're looking for a very interesting book that's out of the realm of horror, just uh, on economics... Uh, this makes economics fun and super entertaining, so make sure you check those out. And I also got the, the Simpsons Christmas special, the original Christmas special on VHS. Very excited for that. So the last few things weren't really horror-related, but you know what? I was excited about them, so I'm going to share them with you guys. Because I know if I find it interesting, then some of you guys are going to be at least moderately entertained by it. But you guys can check out a picture of that on the Instagram page, or I think I posted it on Facebook too. I don't, I don't remember. Maybe. But yeah, that's at Past the Time Podcast on Instagram. Make sure you like us, follow us, whatever, whatever you do on the old Instagram, and we'll follow you back. You know, it's uh, how we roll here on Past the Time Podcast. But now I think it's time to jump in to our horror fix. Horror fix. Horror fix. 
I know I'm sounding like a broken record because all I seem to be doing is talking about American Horror Story, but there's some new updates. Again, there's a couple uh, teasers released that I watched. I uh, posted a link to it on the Facebook page. Make sure you like us, uh, facebook.com slash Podcast. But yeah, the first one, uh, super creepy. They're like, there were two seven-second videos, and uh, the first one I found was quite disturbingly creepy. I mean, um, it just shows someone, or the angle is from looking out a peephole of a door, and there's what seems to be a person outside, and then you just see the top of their head, and then it looks up, and there's no face. It's just like flattened skin, kind of like deformed a little bit. Looks a little bit like Rocky Dennis, but it's also super creepy, because Rocky Dennis kind of looks funny in those movies, and I'm getting off topic here. Uh, the second video... Uh, I didn't really like the second teaser video. It's uh, just so shows some bald chick or guy. I don't know. They were painted up like a clown, and it just shows their face kinda. And then all of a sudden, a hand comes in and starts choking them. Didn't really like that one. Didn't really get me excited for uh, American Horror Story, but whatever. First one did, and that's all that matters. But onto our next topic here. This is something that I've been kind of waiting about. I'd say probably five years for. Um, a long time ago, well, not too long ago, Leonardo DiCaprio bought the rights, uh, the movie rights to a book about H.H. Holmes. Now, if you don't know who H.H. Holmes is, uh, H.H. Holmes is one of the most prolific serial killers in America's history. Um, I think he was around sometime in the 1800s or 1890s or something. And he built a hotel which had all these crazy rooms that would just lock from the outside and trap people in. I know I've talked about this on the podcast before. I had to have. But, uh, yeah, he built this hotel and um, he'd have, like, random shoots in, um, built into the ra- in random rooms where he could dump bodies after he locked them in there and trap people. And he was the only person that knew the exact layout of the entire hotel, so he would get away with murdering people somehow and he had this giant furnace in the basement where he would burn the bodies so what i'm trying to get at is hh holmes was fucking insane and i'm very excited for this biopic starring leonardo dicaprio and i think he'll finally get his goddamn oscar i mean if he can't get it for this role i don't know what's gonna happen it's probably not gonna happen for him ever if he can't get it with this one i mean him and scorsese teaming up one more time it's just great just goddamn great i'm not sure when the movie's coming out because hasn't been announced yet, but I'll keep you guys updated with whatever I find out. But on to the last thing in the horror fix, another movie. Surprise, surprise. Um, I just saw the trailer for this movie. It's called uh, Final Girls, and holy crap, this looks good. So imagine, I guess, Friday the 13th mixed with like super bad or something. Just a great, hilarious, modern, funny movie. That's what this is pretty much going to be. I mean, it has Nina Dobriv from Vampire Diaries. Um, the girl, there's a girl from American Horror Story. I can never remember her name. She's been in like all the seasons. Uh, she was the daughter in the first season. Boom. That's what, that's the uh, closest I'll get. But uh, then there's Alex Ludwig from The Hunger Games. He was also in, um, I think, Grown Ups 2 or was it Grown Ups 2? I don't know. It was one of those Adam Sandler movies. Um, Adam Devine from Workaholics, and he is fucking hilarious. And Thomas Middleditch from Silicon Valley. Again, hilarious. That's only naming a few of the pretty big-named actors. There's a lot more. Also, there's the girl that's topless in Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. She's in this movie. But the movie's, like, plotline, it's like a horror comedy, but um, this group of friends, I guess, go to this new movie uh, 
called uh, Camp Bloodbath or something, and it's just a total ripoff of the Friday the 13th, like Camp Crystal Lake, that it's like everything looks like the old Friday the 13th, which is awesome. But I guess in this movie, uh, the Camp Bloodbath killer was like a real killer that they based these fake movies in this movie about. But uh, I'm, I'm probably losing you guys there. But uh, the girl from American Horror Story, her mom in real life was murdered in these uh, Camp Bloodbath mur- murders, I guess. And um, so when they all go, I guess she has special ties to the movie. But when all of them and their friends go to this movie, they somehow find themselves inside the movie. And yeah, I'm not sure how they got in there, but they have to figure out a way to survive. And what better way to survive than hang out with the final girl from the movie? Like, there's always one girl that survives all the horror movies. So they figure they stick with the final girl. That's why it's called Final Girls. And they'll make it to the end. But this movie just seems like the greatest thing ever. I posted um, the trailer on the Facebook page and... Holy crap, this is going to be the Halloween movie of all Halloween movies. I have this and Goosebumps to look forward to. I mean, this October is going to kick ass. I am so excited. But that does it for this incarnation of the Horror Fix. Let's get into the zombie adventure, shall we? So, before we jump in, got to give you guys some context, as always. So... At the beginning of this book, you're introduced to the protagonist, which is you, because you're deciding their fate, and you go to work and find out that shit is going down around the world, and it's zombies kind of taking over, but you're not sure it's zombies, so that's kind of where we're at, and we have to make the very first decision. In the other two scenarios, we took a taxi, and then we went into a bar for the first one, so we're going to take the third scenario, and we're going to run to the subway and catch a subway train seems kind of dumb but that's what we're gonna do here we go traffic is horrible it's rush hour times 20 no way you'll get a cab the subway that has to be your best bet so you kick your feet and begin running the streets are buzzing alive with the spreading news of some bizarre unknown threat you were a teen then still in the burbs but you imagine this is what the city was like on 9-11 You're separate from the immediate threat by Central Park, but there's a feeling in the air that things might never be the same again. You catch bits and pieces of conversations as you dart your way through the crowded sidewalk. You hear the emotion in people's voices, disbelief, fear, confusion, and excitement. Burn victims, gotta be. Gay kid at American Apparel said dead people were coming back to life. Let's get back to Hoboken. Girl said she saw army trucks on the FDR. You hear all the comments, but you choose to ignore them. Rounding 73rd Street onto Broadway, you see the mess waiting for you. A thick line of pissed off New Yorkers stretched up and down the station. Fuck. You catch your breath, wipe the sweat out of your eyes, and get in line. You run your hand through your hair, tap your feet, sigh. You're anxious. Only a minute later and 30 people have filed in behind you. You feel slightly better. Never good to be the last guy in line. The metal grates below your feet rumble as the train pulls into the stop. Then, after a longer than usual wait, The grates rumble again as it pulls away. The crowd flexes and the line moves some. Fifteen minutes later, you've reached the stairs. Another ten and you're halfway down. The stairs stink like garbage, but you're happy to be out of the sun. A lone man, small and bookish, struggles to escape from the station, pushing his way up the stairs, fighting the tide. You finally reach the bottom. The station is filled to the brim. It's like nothing you've ever seen before. You're no good at ballparking numbers of large groups of people. Never have been. 
At a carnival as a kid, you once guessed that an average bag of peanut M&Ms contained 300 M&Ms. When told that was too high, you readjusted your number to 7. But you guessed there were about 200 people in the area at the bottom of the stairs. 200 people, shoulder to shoulder, waiting to swipe their cards and go through the turnstiles and get onto the just as crowded platform and then board a sardine can of a train. At the turnstile in front of you, a pretty young black woman in a bright yellow flowered dress is arguing with a business type in front of her, yelling, you stole my swipe. He ignores her, so she squeezes into the turnstile with him. He turns, roars, and shoves her back into the crowd. No one does a damn thing but mumble. The sound of an approaching train echoes through the station. People push harder. Little progress is made. Finally, a collective fuck this echoes through the anxious crowd and damn near everyone, a mother and a son, a businesswoman, an elderly Asian man, begin jumping the turnstile, desperate to get on the train. You follow suit, then you allow yourself a slight smile and mentally check off hop turnstile on the list of things you wanted to do as a New Yorker. People continue to pour down the stairs from the street, continue to force their way in, desperate to escape the city. How many people can this place hold? You can't move forward or back. The crowd keeps coming, pushing, fighting. You wiggle your toes, trying to stay relaxed, but you can feel the claustrophobia building inside you. You wedge yourself between two strangers, and stand on the tips of your toes, and try to grab a peek at the arriving train. God damn it. It's the one train, headed to South Ferry. You need the two or the three train if you want to get to Brooklyn. The train slows to a stop. The doors slide open and the crowd pitches forward. You're almost knocked off your feet. Your face smacks into the shoulder of a big guy in a blue hoodie beside you. He jerks, pushes you back. You crash into a woman who screams at the woman next to her like it was her fault. Anger builds. Small shoving matches break out. You can't breathe. Panic building in your chest. Heat pouring over your body in waves. For the moment, you forget about getting to Brooklyn. Just need to get out. On anything. Going anywhere. You don't care if it's a train or a great glass elevator that takes you to the moon. Just need to get the hell out of this goddamn madhouse. Then you can collect yourself, calm down, do some thinking, and figure out what the hell to do. But you're 20 feet from the train car, at least, and you'll know it'll be a nightmare on there, no better than here on the platform, and the two or three train to Brooklyn could be just a minute away. If you want to stay put and wait for the train to Brooklyn, turn to page 199. If you're going to force your way onto the subway car and come up with a plan later, turn to page 8. What shall we do? Hmm. I'm gonna force my way onto the subway car, cause I'm a badass like that. I push my way through crowds. Here we go. Fuck it, you're getting on that train. You push. In front of you, a man fights to get on, only to be shoved out by the mob on board. You bend your knees and turn yourself sideways, making yourself as small as possible, and squeeze through the sweaty mass of bodies. Two women go at it, exchanging blows with their purses. It provides you with a glimmer of space, and you slip onto the cattle car. A dozen times the doors nearly shut, each time making it part way then opening again. The pleasant, oh so calm recorded voice comes over the speaker. Please stand clear of the closing doors. Two tall black teens scream at each other, headphones blaring. Please stand clear of the closing doors. A young doctor, still in scrubs, gets in the face of a Spanish woman for no reason, then shoves her in the chest. Someone sticks an arm in to break it up. Please stand clear of the closing doors. You step on a man's foot, large guy, looks homeless, but wears a gold watch. He glares at you, type of guy looking for a fight. Please stand clear of the closing doors. A large woman pushes past you. She grabs the thin man blocking the sensor. She tosses him off. 
Ding! The doors shut. Sarcastic cheers. You breathe a long sigh of relief as the car pulls out of the station. The conductor says nothing about what's happening in the city. You blow by the next two stations. At each one, a thick crowd. A hundred scared faces visible for one blurry moment as you whiz past. On board, people wave their phones around trying to get a signal. A pregnant woman cries in the corner. No one offers her a seat. The conductor comes on and announces that, due to an accident at Houston Street, this train will be making one final stop on its route, then continue running as train 7 to Queens. You crane your neck and look at the map on the train wall. A train switching routes entirely like this? That seems unheard of. But at least Queens is far away from here, and you can get to Brooklyn from Queens, so you hang tight. At the next stop, the train unloads and a fresh crowd eagerly takes their place. The train now continues on its new route. You pull out your phone and smile for one short second at your new background. Bruce Willis from Die Hard. Now there's a goddamn hero. He would have known what to do. You stick your phone up over your head like everyone else. No signal. Damn. Sliding your phone back into your pocket, you notice for the first time the man in the seat below the map. He's at the end of the row, slouched against a metal handrail. His face is a pale bluish white, drained of nearly all color. Blood is slowly seeping through a violent tear in his puffy New Jersey Devil's jacket that covers his shivering body. Oh shit. You could see the headline. Zombie man awakens on subway, kills dozens. His face is nearly see-through now, veins visible through his translucent skin. You look from side to side. No one else notices him. Finally, his head flops back and rests against the plexiglass windowpane, eyes wide open. Doesn't look like he's breathing. If we want to shout for a doctor, turn to page 51. Not our problem, say fuck it and get your ass to the next car, page 86. You know what? Fuck it. Let's get the hell out of here. Let's get to page 86. This man needs help. You should call for a doctor. Pull the emergency cord. Do something. What you saw on TV was too scary. You try to help this guy, the next thing you know, he's eating you. Nope, not for you. Sorry, sorry, excuse me, thanks, sorry, you mumble, working yourself into the corner of the car nearing the rear door. Ignoring the riding or moving between cars as prohibited sticker on the metal door, you slide it open. The roar of the subway echoes through the crowded car and the passing track below seems to nip at your feet. You step on a small shaky walkway and cross. You open the door catching a man by surprise. You give him a half smile and squeeze inside. You turn and glance back at the car you just left. You can't see the man anymore. The car is too crowded. Over the rumble of the train and separated by two heavy doors, you don't hear a thing. But minutes later, you see the chaos unfolding. The passengers at the door turn in horror, blood splattered on their faces. No one in your car notices yet. You back away from the door, work your way to the other end, and cross over to the next car. You squeeze your way through, gathering dirty looks like a bum begging for change. You get to the rear door. Through it, you see only a dark track. You're in the last car. A station whizzes past. A sign flashes Vernon Boulevard. You're out of Manhattan now, in Queens. The train continues to barrel along. You fly past Greensboro Plaza, nearing Long Island and the Burbs. The train doesn't slow. Nothing from the conductor. No announcement that the train is swarming with zombies. The car shakes and rocks. You've never been on the subway doing speeds like this. The train bounces on the tracks as you turn down a hill. You fly past another station, just a blur of people, a flash. In the distance, you can make out the parking lot where Shea Stadium used to stand, then the new city field. The train rocks more, shudders, goes down a hill and your feet lift off the floor slightly. This isn't right. Next big turn, this thing's going off the tracks. You're gonna crash. You need to secure yourself, somehow. You look around, 
Panicked looks on everyone's faces. Fuck it. You push a bunch of people to the side, drop to the floor, and roll underneath the row of seats. You grasp the bar by your head as tight as you can, press your feet against the wall. You play the waiting game. After a few minutes, you start to think everything might be okay, but then, crash! Everything goes black, you're flying through the car, and then it all stops. For one peaceful second, there's silence as you float in zero gravity, then screams. The piercing howl of an alarm, shouting, another crash. You're on your back, on what seconds ago was the ceiling of the train. The car is completely flipped. People on top of you, all around you. An old woman in a blue shawl lies beside you, not moving. Everything hurts. You try to stand, but disoriented you fall. The world spins. You drag yourself across the car's former ceiling, crawling your way through the mass of bodies and grimacing like hell as the pain tears through you. You grab the closest metal handle and pull. It's a miserable, painful struggle. But it could be worse, you think, as you pass a man twisted on his side, face wet with blood, and clearly dead. The large plexiglass windows that run across the side of the train are broken, not shattered like real glass, but bent out of their casing. You pull your way up, squeeze through, and fall out. You're laying on a large grass field, a little league baseball diamond. The train wreckage stretches out behind you, cars smoking. Some cars are still up on the track, flipped, others lie in the field. 30 yards away, a grassy hill leads up the tracks to the street. You read the sign, Roosevelt Avenue. Last stop in Queens. You're out of the city. You made it. Then they begin pouring out of the cars. So many you can't believe it. Hundreds of the monsters. A few living people too. Some run from the things, screaming. Others just stumble out, too disoriented to figure out what's going on. Then they're pounced upon by the horde. You scramble up on all fours, up the hill, hurting everywhere. You steal a glance behind you. Not good. Two of the dead have wandered over your way. They notice you. You switch from a modified crawl to a shaky off-balance run. Ugly, but effective. Fuck. You need to make it up that hill. They're coming quick. Blam, blam! You dive to the ground. A pair of cops stand on the top of the hill. One heavy set, the other thinner, younger looking. You put your hands up in the air. Come on, the young one shouts to you. You scurry up the grass like a wounded dog, the smoking wreckage of the train behind you. Then you turn, stand between the two cops, and take in the clusterfuck that surrounds you. Half the train is still on the tracks which run down the street, the other half is down below, on the field. The two beasts that were chasing you are dead, but there are hundreds more behind him. Then it hits you. Cops, police, authority, you're saved! Guys, officers, we gotta get out of here! The heavyset cop starts to reload, drops his clip to the ground, slides in another, never looks up at you. Not until backup arrives. Backup? There's a thousand fucking, I don't know what, fucking monsters down there, and more inside the train. We have to go. Wait in the car. Fine, you'll take that. You pull the rear handle. Locked. You tell the cops it's locked. Kid, don't you see what's down there? We don't have time to help you. Vinny, he's right, the thinner cop says. Let's go. I don't even know what the fuck I'm shooting at. We're shooting at the goddamn things coming at us. They're people. Not anymore, they ain't. You know how much paperwork we're gonna have to file over this shit? That stops the heavyset cop. Motherfuck, fine. Let's go. This never happened. He looks at you, and you nod. The thin cop gets in the passenger seat. Heavyset one walks around the front of the driver's side door. You pull the handle. Hey, it's still locked. You gotta hit the button. Yeah, yeah, one sec. Time stands still. With a thunderous crash, a minivan, two zombies clinging to the front, slams into the rear of the cruiser at nearly 50 miles per hour. 
The two zombies on the hood are launched through the air, then hit the pavement 20 yards out. The cruiser flies forward. The heavyset cop halfway inside the car when it's hit is pulled underneath. He gets caught in the rear wheel and dragged. Eventually, the cruiser rolls to a slow stop, just as its bumper hits the zombies. They don't move. Nobody moves. You see the other cop now, his limbs splayed at odd angles. The driver of the minivan, a middle-aged woman, is thrown against the airbag. You rush to help her, then you hear their moans behind you. You spin, a half dozen lumbering up the hill. The mass feast continues behind them. Fuck, need to split, now. Do we want to take shelter in the nearest building, an elementary school, then we'll turn to page 286? Or do we take off up the street, hoping to put as much distance between us and the zombies as we can? I think let's take some shelter in the nearest building, the elementary school. Let's go to page 286. You head for the closest building, Joshua Eaton Elementary School. Kids and teachers are pouring outside, eager to see what all the commotion is. You hear a siren in the distance, getting louder. Back inside, you shout, waving your hands. Get back inside! Zombies! The living dead! Monsters! All at once, the kids scream. Zombies! Awesome! No, not awesome! Bad! Bad fucking news! He said fucking. You take the group of kids in your arms and sweep them along. The teacher, a grumpy looking lady in her 60s, rushes over to you. Get your hands off those children immediately! Lady, take these kids and get them back inside. You too, come on, let's go, all of us! She starts to scold you again, but then for the first time truly takes in the destruction of the train. Her eyes go wide. Looks like she's struggling to breathe, and then she wanders towards the train. One of the kids, a little boy in a LeBron James jersey, follows her. You run and grab him. Hey kid, stay here! You nudge him towards the others. Come on, stay here! You glance back at the teacher. What's her name? All at once, Miss Henderson? Miss Henderson, get back here! What's the matter with you? But she just keeps walking towards the train. The zombies are distracted by the glut of fresh meat they're currently feasting on, and she passes them easily. You glance down at the street. The zombies have made it all the way up the hill. One, down on his knees, feeds on the heavyset cop. Another slaps at the window of the van. Jesus, they'll be coming your way any moment. Miss Henderson, come back here! She's only a couple of feet from the train now. You watch in horror as two white hands come out of the top of the overturned subway car. An old man zombie climbs out. It balances awkwardly on the edge for a second, then reaches for Miss Henderson. It falls violently to the ground, landing face first. You can hear its cheekbone shatter. Whoa, one of the kids says. The old man rolls over. More bone cracking noises. It rises. Its left shoulder hangs far lower than its right, dislocated, and its left leg drags behind it as it stumbles along. Miss Henderson stands still in apparent shock. Lady, get back here now! She snaps out of it, turns to run, but it's too late. The old man thing, bum leg and all, sprints after her and drapes itself on top of her. Together they crash to the street. They roll on the ground for a moment before it pins her. Then it dives in, straight for the jugular. The kids go fucking nuts. Screams, tears, the whole nine. The old man thing raises its head, strings of Mrs. Henderson's neck flesh in its teeth. It stares at you and the kids. Kids, inside, now. It takes another chunk out of Miss Henderson and works its way to its feet. Behind it, more of the beasts exit the overturned train's busted window and climb through the open doors, each falling flat on its face and getting up a second later. They're drawn by the screaming kids. They stumble forward for a second, seem to lock onto the sound, and then they run. Inside! Go! Move! You usher the kids inside and slam the doors shut behind you. The beasts collide with the double doors and bounce off. Someone grab me a bike lock! Bike lock? Yeah, don't you ride fucking bikes anymore? 
We have rollerblades on our shoes. Jesus Christ, a lock chain? Any kind of lock. A kid runs off to his locker and appears a second later, lock in hand. You wrap the chain through the emergency door bars and lock it. If the things figure out how to pull open a door, they'll still only be able to get it to move an inch or two. You turn and stare down the long elementary school corridor. It's empty. Where is everyone? A little know-it-all girl, smarter than you probably, chirps up. Principal Valentine called an emergency fire drill. Fire drill? Where's the exit? By the playground. Alright, who here is big, strong, and tough? Five boys and a girl step forward. Are you kids brave? I really need super, super brave little kids for this. They nod their little heads. Okay, good. Go in groups of two and lock every outside door of the school, okay? Then go back to your classroom. The kids run off. The others point you in the direction of the playground. Then you order them back to their classroom too. Lock it and stay inside, got it? When your friends come back, let them in, but no one else, okay? From the gym, you have a good view of the schoolyard. You see about 150 kids, separated into six lines, each with them an adult in front. It's what you feared, a big, fenced-in area, set against the side of a building. One big open gate at the side, a death trap, the perfect killing ground. You can hear their moans, they'll be here soon. You open the window and yell, but it's too late. The things are already rushing through the gate. Panic and confusion set in, and the dead begin to multiply. At the far end of the playground is a trailer, one of those temporary classrooms a school uses when it's overcrowded or under construction. You did third grade in one. The lucky ones make it inside, a few teachers and 40 or 50 kids. In just minutes, the dead have multiplied by 10. The schoolyard is filled with murderous, monstrous, undead children. They're quick. They dart around hunting down any kids that are still among the living and taking them down. They get their teachers too, the payback the little bastards have been waiting for. Once they've finished, they turn to the trailer, surround it, and tear at it. Poor people are not going to last long in there. Now, do we want to be a hero and try to rescue them, turn to page 236, or worry about our own ass and stay put? You know what, we're balling out pretty hard right now, I think we could save these people. We're going to be heroes and turn to page 236. You rush back to Miss Henderson's room. The kids are at the windows, looking outside. Hey, knock it off and get in your seats. Don't look out there. Now tell me, is there a janitor's closet or something like that around here? Yes, but it's locked, the know-it-all girl says. Billy can open it. He got suspended for breaking in. Someone, Billy you assume, tells the know-it-all girl to shut up. Billy, show me the closet. He leads you down the hall. You forgot how cute elementary schools were. Charming little lockers, drawings pinned to the walls. He leads you to the closet. Damn, how'd you get into this thing? Billy crosses his arms. Tell me. Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks? You know what I pay each month in rent? Billy doesn't say a damn thing. You reach into your rear pocket, thumb through your wallet, little bastard, here. He takes the twenty dollars and runs down the hall, opens his locker and runs back. He sticks his hand out, grinning. I copied the key, he says proudly. Hmm, badass. You open the door, step inside, and begin rooting through the closet. Man, I can't find a damn... Billy, come here. Silence. Billy? You poke your head out. Billy's on the floor, shaking, a little monster girl on top of him. Fuck. Frantically, you search through the closet for anything of use. A roll of paper towels, you chuck it at the girl. It bounces off. Billy's screaming, fighting with everything he's got. You root through the janitor's closet. More crap, cleaning supplies, pile of rags. In the back, a mop still attached to the bucket. You grab it. The girl's about to go in for the kill. You whip the mop and bucket around like a giant hammer and smash it against the thing's head. The plastic cracks. Soapy water covers everything. The thing rears back, stunned, then charges at you. You swing again into the thing's legs, sweeping it off the ground. Fuck me. If anything's up there watching over me, I'm sorry. 
You put your foot on the undead girl's throat, pinning it to the ground. Then you snap the mop over your knee and slam the splintered wood down through the undead girl's eye. Billy, you okay? He gets up. You bit anywhere? You bleeding, you ask? Poor kid's scared to death, but he shakes his head no. You give him a good once over. He's okay. Phew. You order him back to the classroom and he goes, happy as hell to be away from his dead classmate lying on the floor. In the very back of the closet, you find what you were hoping for. A weed whacker. Battery powered. You rip the plastic cover off the blade, turning it into a giant circular saw on the stick. You rev it up, give it a squeeze, the blade spins. Yeah, this should do. You return to the gym. The zombie kids along with the few zombie teachers continue to attack the trailer. The door is coming off its hinges. Okay, if you're gonna do this, you have to do it now. Oh lord, it's gonna take a lot of Hail Marys to shed this one. This isn't a prostitute in Amsterdam during spring break type of sin. Nope, this is decapitating little kids sin. No time to think about it. You kick open the double doors, rev the whacker, and get the zombies' attention. As soon as you see the kids, you don't feel bad, just fear. Twisted faces, gray-green skin, scary as all hell. Stay strong, you tell yourself. Alright kids, let's dance. Half of them leave the trailer and head straight for you. One out in front, a little athletic kid leads the pack. As if in slow motion, you raise the weapon up, taking off the top of its head. Spinning around, swing it, split the face of the next. You chop off the legs of the next, dance your way through the moaning crowd, blood spraying with every wave of the weapon. They've pried open the door, you have to move. You approach the trailer, a heap of bodies in your wake. Raise the weed whacker high and bring it down on the head of a kid who's about to slip inside the trailer door. You whip it around, clearing the way for any others that are around you. Their chests split open and they all fall back. Two loud honks, praise the lord, a school bus just outside the gate. Let's go, the driver shouts. You rip open the door. Students and teachers are huddled as far from the door as possible, scared. They look at you with horror. You realize you're still holding down the trigger to the weed whacker, and it's spraying blood and gore all over the place. You let it go and it whirls to a stop. Sorry. You don't get the hero's welcome you were hoping for. Come on, there's a bus outside. We have to go. I'll be right behind you. They run for it. You stay behind them, swinging the weed whacker and keeping the little bastards at bay. They all scramble aboard the bus. You get on last. Alright, we're out of here, the bus driver says. Where to, you say. North. What's north? I don't know, but it's away from here. Okay, one sec though. Gotta get other kids. Huh? Gotta pick up Miss Henderson's class. What? Hang tight, three minutes. You rush back in the school. The kids are in their class staring out the windows, just like you told them not to. Come on, we're going now. Where? North. What's north? Ice cream. They chase you down the hall and out into the bloody schoolyard. They shriek as they see the dismembered bodies of a hundred of their classmates. You tell them not to look, just get to the bus. You pull out your cell phone and hand it to one of them. Kids, call your parents. Then you turn to the driver. Alright, let's roll. The end. Oh, that was the end of that one. I feel like there could have been more there, but I guess there's quite a few stories in this one. Um, yeah, not bad, not bad. There's some blood and gore, murdering a bunch of little zombie kids. Pretty, pretty cool. But I know what you're all wondering. What would happen if we didn't help the children? Well, I'm actually on that page right now. Page 299. The title of the page is Fail. You do nothing. You bum. You loser. What's wrong with you? You let those little kids die. Have fun living with yourself. Asshole. The end. So if we would have chose not to help them, we would have ended the story uh, a lot quicker. So uh, good thing we chose to help them then. And yeah, save some kids instead of being an asshole. Totes my goats. I like that. So, uh, I think that was a pretty successful zombie apocalypse story this time. We didn't die. 
we actually uh, saved some children and got out on a bus. So that's pretty cool. We still haven't got to the... Uh, I, for, I forget how to get... Uh, there's one of the stories where we end up at like uh, Comic-Con. And that's where I, that's the story I want to share with you guys. So I'll have to actually look through the book and find it so we can get to it next time and choose the adventure to get there. But maybe I'll just keep randomly doing it until we uh, organically find our way there. But out of all the scenarios we've run through in this book so far, I think this one's probably my favorite. I mean... We, it was pretty long, we didn't die, pretty awesome. Uh, there's a lot of killing of zombies, even though most of them were children zombies. And yeah, pretty enjoyable. Uh, old teacher got uh, her neck bitten by an old zombie, so very enjoyable. But that does it for the story portion of the show. Uh, I think it's time for a rate and review. So this morning I actually watched the movie Creep starring Mark Duplass and of course he is from The League and the horror movie The Lazarus Effect. Um, I always kind of want to not like the movies that he's in because I liked him so much in The League as this funny character and I just don't see him as like an actor actor. I just see him as a character in The League and in this one I thought he was going to suck because the plot for this movie is a man with, like, a brain tumor hires a cameraman to follow him around, and he does this because he's gonna die before his son is born, so he wanted to leave a little video for him to kinda let him see who his dad really was. And, yeah, so that's kinda the basis for the plot of the movie, but Mark Duplass is actually pretty fucked up, and he's kinda goading these people into something a little more sinister. I'm not going to ruin anything for you, but I'll just, I'll say a few things about the movie. Um, it was very uncomfortable to watch, which I think is why it's good. Uh, if a movie actually makes you uncomfortable, uh, I, am assuming it was going for that because Mark Duplass was just, his, his character just seems so weird and just kind of creepy, but there's a lot of, lot of jump scares. So that was kind of annoying. Um, uh, they're just trying to go for these random scream jump scares a lot of the time, so that was kind of lame. But the story itself was pretty good. There's uh, some things that made me laugh. Uh, there's a scene where the camera guy that Mark Duplass hired uh, talks about um, when he was a child and he used to piss his pants all the time. And he pissed his pants so much that his parents set up like an alarm to like his wiener. And if he started peeing his pants, an alarm would go off which makes no sense because it's not going to stop anything. It's just going to draw attention to you peeing your pants. And then, <laughs> so that made me laugh. And right after that, Mark Duplass told the cameraman that he had taken pictures of him and practically, like, stalked him. But then he apologized for it, so it was all good, and the camera guy still hung out with him for the day. Kind of kind kind of, of dumb. But some other uh, kind of uncomfortable scenes were uh, Mark Duplass talked about um, animal pornography a lot, and raping his own wife in, in like, a wolf mask was a pretty weird scene. And at one point, uh, he was, Mark was, a, he was, like, passed out, and he was, like, jerking off in front of this cameraman. It was kind of weird. So, yeah, those were all things that kind of made it uncomfortable, but I don't know. I think uh, all in all, this movie was pretty good. I'd actually recommend watching it. It's only, like, an hour and 15 minutes long. But uh, probably be better to watch with, like, a friend. I mean, I watch it by myself, and it's kind of some boring parts. I mean, it seems just kind of like a stalkery movie, 
and but I don't know. I was satisfied with it. I'd probably give it like a six point five out of ten. Probably wouldn't watch it again, but it's good. Good watch one time around. But you can check that out on Netflix actually, and if not, you can probably find it on YouTube actually. I'm pretty sure it's actually on YouTube. So just search a uh, creep, Mark Duplass. And if you wanna buy your own copy of Can You Survive the Zombie Apocalypse, which is the book I'm reading these Choose Your Own Zombie Adventures from, uh, you can do that on Amazon.ca or on Indigo.ca or Amazon.com if you're in the states. Be cheaper for you. And yeah, uh, there's actually a few of them, so lots of fun to read. And yeah, lots of fun. That does it for this episode. Make sure you like us on Facebook.com slash Pass the Time Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Pass the Time Podcast or on Twitter at Pass the Podcast. Kind of dumb. Should be at Pass the Time Podcast. But I'm kind of dumb, so whatever. And finally, if you haven't already, uh, go on iTunes, give us a rating, write a little review if you don't mind. And that's pretty much it. I'll see you guys next time. Try not to have too many nightmares, my friends. <laughs>